some point, I want to get to how uh, work became the millennial religion of choice. More than other generations, uh, millennials def- define themselves by what they do. Hmm. I think that's got to fit in some to something with having less kids. Yes, um, I don't think it's a healthy thing. We also uh, got a text from a. Then if you lose your job, who are you? You're nobody. We also got a text from a male to female trans that wants to weigh in on the whole sports thing. Maybe we'll get to that at some point. Sure. Yeah. Be delighted to have your uh, opinion. So, did you hear about the Nancy and Chuck going to the White House to talk about infrastructure for the president? This is like minutes after Nancy comes out of a meeting. Well, we ought to play the clips. Let's just hear uh, Nancy 1 and 2. There she is, Speaker of the House. It's a woman, you know. For some reason, maybe it was lack of confidence on his part that he really couldn't come match the greatness of the challenge that we have. Uh, didn't Wasn't really... Uh, respectful of the reason of the Congress and the White House working together, he just took a pass, and it just makes me wonder why why he did that. In any event, I pray for the President of the United States, All right, just and I pray for the United States of America. Quick pause there. Uh, ironically, the Speaker of the House is not a very good speaker anymore, as she's about 80. Well, uh, that was after he uh, canceled the meeting, and I do like that line of, he couldn't measure up to our awesomeness, or whatever that was. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that to people. You just couldn't measure up to my greatness. That's, that's what happened there. Uh, clip two. <laughs> uh, would you believe that it's important for the, the, to follow the facts? Uh, we believe that no one is above the law, including the President of the United States, and we believe that the President of the United States is engaged in a cover-up. So uh, then they go to the meeting, and Trump uh, essentially yells at him and says this meeting's over, then goes out and gives a speech in the Rose Garden, uh, explaining that, all right, if these never-ending phony investigations don't stop, it's done. And Rich Lowry, who's uh, he writes for the National Review, which has been harshly critical of Donald J. Trump, uh, at times, says the cover-up charge is strange, not to say incomprehensible, in light of the fact that Congress is in possession of a 448-page report produced by the Trump Department of Justice cataloging the alleged obstruction that Congress wants to investigate in such exhaustive detail that many members haven't even had the time to read the report. If this is a White House cover-up, it's too late. It's a cover-up of an alleged crime that's already been extensively exposed, not by whistleblowers, not by Jerry Nadler, not by hostile journalists, but a DA, DOJ prosecutor who worked under the supervision of Trump's handpicked deputy attorney general. Then, well, I like this line. Pelosi declared later in the day Wednesday, as they say, the cover-up is frequently worse than the crime. Or in this case, a substitute for the crime. He goes into no Russian collusion, etc. But then he goes into the fact that the Mueller report is chock full of direct accounts of private conversations with the president, which would ordinarily be considered the most sensitive White House communications, most likely to trigger a claim of executive privilege. The White House never once tried to block any of the testimony. On any given page, the footnotes of the Mueller report are likely to refer to Reince Priebus, Rob Porter, Hope Hicks, Don McGahn, among many other top officials. It's the most transparency ever offered by administration into an investigation. So, you want to talk obstruction of justice? All right, but to go out and say, yeah, there's been a cover-up. Uh, you know, we've got to at some point govern, but I don't blame the president for not sitting down and making nice with Chuck and Nancy. There's some breaking news on this. Pelosi said this morning, House investigations may, quote, take us to a place. 
where impeachment is unavoidable, unavoidable. But the Democrats are not in that place right now. Uh, I don't know who that was for. Maybe her left flank. Right. To let them know, well, we're not there yet. We're not doing it yet. They may take us to a place. A place of wonder. A place of magic. Disneyland. Or impeachment. Impeachment land. Much less fun than Disneyland. <laughs> Although kind of fun. Uh, depends on who you are. Yeah. And how crowded it is. I was excited to see this. I think if you're like me, you've seen the the ads for the new Elton John movie and thought, okay, they made uh, the Queen movie with Elton John. Right, just it's, cut in some pictures of a guy looks, <laughs> who looks like Elton. It's the same with thing. A bunch of long-haired English guys. Re- reviewer for the New York Post, the uh, film critic said it is that is not the case at all. A much better movie. It's a real movie. It's not a like um, feel good. You'll come out of there singing the songs. It's like a big music video, like the Queen thing was. It's a hard look at a difficult life, and a lot of it is troubling and sad, which I guess makes it good. Yeah. Be troubled and saddened. Oh, yeah. For your $14. Yeah. EJ had quite a life uh, as a youngster. I was a huge fan, so and I read too much about rock stars. So. Says this, uh, this reviewer in the New York Post, it's a um, braver, deeper, and more enlightening movie than last year's slobbering piece of Queen propaganda, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was Elton John, I wouldn't want to relive the pain and heartache this movie so punishingly depicts. Take the blunt first line of the dialogue. The singer, in a costume of feathery orange wings with horns on his head, storms into a self-help meeting and says, My name is Elton Hercules John. I'm an alcoholic, a cocaine addict, and a sex addict, and a bulimic. Right wow. then it goes into a constant montage of you never know what year it is and back and forth and what age he is and what wow. troubles he is. But Wow. Hell of a songwriter. So was it done with uh, Elton's approval? I mean, was this is this an authorized biography? I don't know that. Or? I do not know that. Hmm. No clue. I don't know it that. It came out of nowhere, kind of, in the wake of the Queen movie, which was, because I'd been hearing about the Queen movie for a long time before it came out. And so that's why, you know, I, like a lot of people, thought, okay, they just, again, cut in some shots of a guy who looks like Elton into the Queen movie. And that's how we came up with boom, 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 for Benny and the Jets. Wait a minute. It doesn't have that in there. No, apparently it's not that at all. Yeah, he was he was a pudgy little brilliant musician who did not fit in. His dad didn't like him and didn't get him, and he was trying to figure out if he was gay and the rest of it. And yeah, it, was, it was a rough, rough gun. And apparently he was an alcoholic, cocaine addict, sex addict, and, and bulimic. bulimic. Yeah, which is, you know, that's a long day, man. So is that he he was wearing the, the big duck costume and everything like that because he thought he looked fat? Is that what that was all about? Uh, is that right? I, I've I heard know. that a couple of times. That could that be. I don't he got into that. his costume phase when he was getting pretty fat, and he just was uncomfortable with that. Yeah. You know, I could go all music If I could you, pull but... that off, if I could just wear a duck costume and not have people catch on to the fact that I can't stop eating cinnamon rolls, it's not a bad plan. You would be the guy in the duck costume, though. So there's that. I believe Elton is listed as a producer on this film. So, so he's you... involved. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Oh, the ducks are, are back in the, the fountain out front. For the longest time, it was just the Drake, and I was worried that his, his gal, I don't know, ran away with another duck or something Hate like that. Hate the Drake. <laughs> but now they're back together, and I greet them every morning. Hello, ducks. And then they quack at me. Uh, so where were we? Ah, Elton John. His songwriting process just astounds me as, a, as an alleged musician. He would get to the studio with his band in the morning or, or midday or whatever. Depends how much coke and bulimia there was the previous <laughs> night, I suppose. And uh, and it, he'd have um, he'd have some lyrics from Bernie Taupin in front of him. He'd look at him and think, hmm, he'd play a chord and then he'd play another chord and then he'd sing a little bit and then he'd... 
And then, then, by, then by like dinner time, they would have the whole song written and arranged. They'd record the damn thing. Then the next day, they'd do another one. Now, it wasn't always a song a day, but I mean, it's just astounding. That especially because Elton John is overrated for flamboyance and underrated for having an unbelievable band. His band was so, astonishing in the seventies. So he would get the he would get the words and come up with the music, and I I would just. End up using music that already exists. Rocket man, rocket man, going into space. <laughs> Something like that. You're not Elton John, sir. Armstrong and Getty. signed an executive order banning U.S. companies from using telecom equipment deemed to be a national security threat. And that's a direct shot at China and its tech giant Huawei. As the U.S. clamped down on the company causes a major domino effect. The U.K.'s biggest mobile network pulling Huawei from its 5G launch, while three of Japan's mobile operators have stopped taking orders or delayed the summer release of a new Huawei phone. Donald J. Mother effing Trump. This guy could see America wasn't going to win, so he just got a crowbar and pulled a Tonya Harding on China's 5G. The 5G battle. So I'm looking at this headline in the Washington Post, how the U.S.-China trade war became a conflict over the future of tech. And then I remembered seeing Hank Paulson. Do you remember him, the former Secretary of the Treasure, Treasury? How could we forget Hank Paulson? Yeah, he was part of the trillion-dollar bailout, right? Um, but uh, him saying he's worried that this trade war is going to cause a, an, a technological iron curtain to come down between China and the rest of the world that's really going to hamper um, you know, development of a lot of different things, since we're all not all working together. Right, right, indeed. And David J. Lynch is writing about this topic and similar. He's a financial writer covering trade and globalization for The Washington Post. Headline this morning, how the U.S.-China trade war became a conflict over the future of high-tech. David joins us now. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Thanks for sparing us a couple of minutes. So sure. uh, tell us uh, tell us what your, your headline means and the gist of the article, if you'd be so kind. Sure. Well, just in the last couple of weeks, uh, a lot has changed in the, in the U.S.-China conflict. If you go back uh, earlier this month... We were on the brink of what the Treasury Secretary, uh, Steve Mnuchin, was calling a historic deal. Uh, and everyone really in both capitals, Beijing and Washington, expected it was really all over except for dotting some I's and crossing some T's. And that all fell apart at the 11th hour when the Chinese uh, apparently tried to renegotiate or renege on some commitments that they had made earlier in the talks. And since then, uh, according to some folks we've spoken to, uh, the president appears to have sort of unleashed his national security team who've been uh, eager to get tough with China on a number of issues. And so you've seen these uh, uh, moves uh, putting Huawei, which is a a very important uh, company to the Chinese, uh, putting them on a Commerce Department blacklist so that U.S. companies have to get a government license before they can uh, ship technology, U.S. technology to Huawei, which is critical in their operations. Uh, And it appears that uh, the administration is going to move against additional Chinese companies in the coming days or weeks. Pardon me. And uh, all of this is sort of aimed at uh, exacting a cost for China or showing that there is going to be a continuing cost 
if the uh, government persists in some of its policies. So are you saying the war over tech is just a tool in the greater trade negotiation, or is this fundamentally about technology at its heart, the whole conflict? Yeah, I, I think uh, it's more the latter. If you go back to the, the beginning of the trade war, uh, gee, about 15 months ago, uh, what was what was what was was and is at the core are Chinese practices of forced technology transfer, uh, intellectual property theft, trade secret theft, cyber hacking, all of this, and uh, the, the Trump administration has accused Beijing of really having a, a systematic program to vacuum up. Uh, American advanced technology through fair means and foul. So some of it is perfectly permissible. They make uh, small investment stakes in companies out in Silicon Valley or whatnot, or they have scientific researchers collaborate with uh, their American counterparts. And then other elements of it are are more nefarious. The cyber hacking that we're all familiar with, where uh, state-affiliated hackers will will bust into corporate uh, computers in the U.S. and, and walk off with trade secrets. Uh, and so the, the focus of the trade war at the start was to stop these practices, to get China to sort of play by the rules on a number of fronts. Um, and uh, But in, in more, uh, more recent uh, days, we've seen this additional focus that has started to move from trade into other more sensitive areas like national security and Chinese human rights practices. And that's, that's what's liable to make this uh, a tougher conflict to resolve. Well, I was just going to ask a final question in the minute or so we have. Uh, is there any chance China gives in on something so important to a, a totalitarian regime? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say give in in a sort of across-the-board way. I mean, the, the Chinese, uh, no more than any other uh, government, are, are going to cave on sort of core, what they regard as their core uh, issues. Um, I think the conventional wisdom, you know, to the extent that it matters, is still that the president would like to get a deal. Uh, he does pride himself on his deal-making abilities, after all, and, and uh, if I think if, if Bob Lighthizer, his chief trade negotiator, can get him what he sees as a good deal, I think that's still the preferred outcome. Uh, but it's not going to happen anytime soon. The next time President Trump uh, is going to see President Xi of China is at the end of June at the G20. I think the best that could come out of that is sort of getting talks back on track. David Lynch, financial writer, covers trade and globalization for the Washington Post. David, thanks very much. Well done. Anytime. Thanks. Good to talk to you. I don't know about any of that, mm. but I want my 5G. I want my 5G. It's. I want. Uh, I want 1G. I, I want a worse internet. I didn't realize that. Uh, if I want to look up my symptoms, take me about 15 minutes to download a single website, but I'll figure out that I have cancer from the internet. Um, but no, social media, it'll become unusable. Back to the future, my friends. Um, 5G is way faster than 4G. I thought it would just be. Okay. It's only one faster. Well, that's what, kind of you what I thought. Tell. That's kind of what I thought in my head. I mean, I was just kind of making a calculation. Okay, so it's going to be like. 20% faster, whatever it's going to be. Right. Big deal. Um, but no, it's way, it's just a completely different world of fast. Wow. It's, it's, it's from 20 minutes to download a movie to like that, going to 5G. So it'll, it'll be a completely different thing for us coming over your phone. Mm. And um, that'll be awesome. Will it? When it happens. Or will it? I guess. I don't see how it's going to. Do gonna, you? Is it going to help my life any? Will it? <laughs> <laughs> eh, boy. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> Trade war, Rooney. <laughs> it had to happen. It had to happen. Trump's trade war. 
Bush, Obama. They're like trying to get away with anything. It's just to keep the money flowing in. Yeah, we know they're ripping off our companies and cheating and lying and the rest of it. I don't, I don't have the testicles to take them on. <laughs> Finally, we've got a man in the White House willing to say to China, Look, China, you've eaten our lunch long enough. No more. I do. The idea of a uh, technological iron curtain coming down is interesting, as then you'd have two competing space programs, computer system, everything like that, completely disjointed. For the last many, many decades, everything's been kind of together. Right. Everybody's and then, been cooperating. You know, our guys land on the moon. It's like, whoa, hey, China, how you doing? There's Chinese astronauts there. What are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? <laughs> Very uncomfortable. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Boy, i got to tell you, Nancy Pelosi not backing down. Wait till you hear what she just said. Okay. And oh, get no. ready for Uber subs, as in submarines. Uber submarines, that's what I need. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. I got a mouthful of nuts. Oh, again? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Can you eat too many peanuts? <laughs> too many too many what? Peanuts. Oh. <laughs> too much, not too many. <laughs> um, I've eaten I had peanut butter already, and now I'm eating just regular peanuts. This Peanut. man died of peanut poisoning. Legume overdose. I never heard of that. It was 87% like you. <laughs> yes. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, speaking at the Capitol today, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi continued going after President Trump. Refer- this is good stuff for America right here. Referring to, oh, his, yeah. referring to his abruptly walking out of that scheduled White House meeting with Democrats this way. This time, another ten- temper tantrum. Uh, um, again... I pray for the President of the United States. I wish that his family or his administration or his staff would have an intervention for the good of the country. Does she not sound... Was the first half not a really old, doddering old lady... Who, who can't really speak anymore? What was the second half then? <laughs> so, Hold so, an intervention. So now we're at a point where, you know, the president says the stuff he says, and the Speaker of the House says there needs to be an intervention. I mean, he's just so far off the rails. I'm praying I'm, for him. I mean, what, where, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? How do you listen to anything? And then when, when there actually is a problem, if you had a Woodrow Wilson-style problem where he has a stroke and his wife is running the country, um, nobody would believe it because people constantly say crap like that now. Right. Right. You had a congresswoman whose comments I learned were later stricken from the record. I'd, love, I'd rather have them hanging out there. It's saying that the children dying in custody was a deliberate policy of the Trump administration. Right. That they were killing children. So, if your politics have descended to that level, seriously, where do you go? How do you conduct business? With Trump's whole, when people hit me, I hit them back harder. Um, Doesn't he have to say something really over the top about Nancy today? I mean, just really over the top. Now I'm excited. (laughs) Now listen, say if Jack and I had some sort of dispute. Yeah. And we went to one of the many people who could legitimately call themselves our bosses. We go to, to we'll, we'll call him Johnny the Boss. I don't think we have a boss named Johnny. Good. So uh, we go to Johnny the Boss, yep. and I get in there first, and I say, listen, I'm not going to work with a guy who regularly beats his children, 
cheats on his wife. He does cocaine all through the show, and he just rages at the staff. He's insane. And then two days later, I go back and say, oh, no, things are fine. No, we're getting along well. It was just a tip. You, once you go scorched earth, you've removed the opportunity to go backward. Because nobody's going to buy it. Oh, no, no, it's cool. He's, yeah, he's a rapist. Well, you, wait, you said he's a rapist and a drug addict. <laughs> well, you know, people say things. How do you work with somebody after that? How can anybody take you seriously after you throw stuff around like that? And that wasn't all Pelosi was saying this oh, morning. Good, there's more. She thinks the president is trying to get impeached. But I think what really got to him was that these court cases and the fact that the House Democratic Caucus is not on a path to impeachment. And that's where he wants us to be. Pelosi suggesting Trump is practically crying out now for impeachment. She said... She wishes his family and staff would have an intervention. Yes. Wow. Yes. From the Speaker of the House. Donald J. blasting back on Twitter, I'm sure. This is a new world we live in. He's mm-hmm. waiting. He's got to say something crazy. Let's so-called- see. What do we have? Uh, it was two hours ago. Yeah. Okay. When the Democrats in Congress refinish for the fifth time their fake work on their very disappointing Mueller report finding, they will have the time to get the real work of the people done. Move quickly. The so-called American Taliban, John Walker Lind, is, has been released from prison in Terre Haute, Indiana today. Terre Haute? Perhaps? Terre Haute. Yes. yes. He joined the Taliban just before 9-11. Lind had been involved with an Afghanistan prison uprising that claimed the life of CIA officer Johnny Michael Spann in 2001. Now, Spann's daughter, Allison, was on Good Morning America talking about how devastating his release was. He's responsible in some part for the death of my father. And so for him to be released early just was unbelievable. We never thought that that was actually going to happen. His release coming two and a half years before the completion of his 20-year sentence, which the uh, Department of Justice's Bureau of Prisons said in a statement is attributed to Lynn's good conduct during his time in prison. Mm. My guess is he's a dope with more dopey things ahead of him, so he'll be punished by being him for the rest of his life. Yeah, I don't know if the guy's dangerous, and I don't know how long you can hold him. I just, I don't need to, legally, this is such weird ground. Is he a prisoner of war? Did he commit treason? Jack, I think you mentioned this earlier. Ford is developing a robot to deliver food. The delivery bot is called Digit, and it would accompany a driverless delivery vehicle. After the vehicle arrives at your address, Digit would bring the food to your door. That's interesting because Sean was just showing me some robot outtakes that are on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) We've all seen the videos where the robot picks up a box and stacks it expertly, and you think, oh my God, this is the future. We're all going to lose our dog. Backflip and some (laughs) ridiculous And you start to fear for the human race. But there are these robot outtakes where things don't go as well that are pretty (laughs) hilarious, and you think, eh, we might be a few years away from robots taking over the world. (laughs) Well, Ford is hoping to deploy the delivery bots as early as 2021 when it unveils its fleet of autonomous vehicles. So the vehicle would, would, driverless vehicle would come to your home, then a robot would bring a box to you? Yeah, come out, bring the box, ring your bell. Boy, the unemployment scene is going to change. I mean, how many delivery drivers are there in America? Uh, 3.4 zillion. So, goodbye. 
And Uber will now be able to give you a ride underwater for a limited time only. The ride share company announcing today it is launching Scuba, a submarine that will take people down to Australia's Great Barrier Reef to look at the sea life. Is Farad and his Camry going to show up, though, and take me under the sea? Or these people know what they're doing? <laughs> the ride below will only be available from May 27th through June 28th, so sign up now. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. See, I'm starting a Getty show, The Conscience of the Nation. You know, Marshall, sometimes I think these companies just launch these delivery robots and or submarine jaunts so you'll say their name on the air. All right. Um, I've got a couple of texts I've been meaning yes. to get to. Whole uh, Foods has announced they're going to sell monkey meat in the deli. <laughs> oh, that's Whole Foods. <laughs> Next week only. Oh, <laughs> Price to move. So just touching on the, the truck driver displacement thing. Yes. So truck driver specifically is the number one job in, I believe it's 33 states, 34 wow. states. I believe it. Wow. That's something. So if you had just eliminated those, you'd have a problem. Just that. Just truck yeah. driving. Not to mention call centers or, you know, paperwork lawyer stuff. And people stacking boxes in warehouses, yeah. Yeah. which I've done. Now a robot will do it and probably do better than I did. Uh, we got My a daughter's doing that right now. Did I tell you that? Stacking boxes. She works in a warehouse, and, and she moves pallets back and forth, mm-hmm. among other things. With and a, she said she's getting super strong. Oh, really? <laughs> which is cool. Yeah, I was yeah. In the, when I worked at UPS, yeah. I was in the best physical shape of my life, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. I love yeah. a good pallet, Jack. Those things are fun. Oh yeah, she enjoys them too, and she'll tell me, yeah, I moved twenty eight in X amount of time, and the boss was like, oh my god, really takes pride in her work. Cool, good kid, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, um, duh. plus she gets to use machines, which is fun. Always a good time. Oh yeah, we got a text from a uh, male to female trans person who had a comment on our earlier story about the dude who decided he was a woman and then broke all the weightlifting records mm-hmm. for women's weightlifting, which is a problem. they got to figure that out. I did. I figured it out. And Joe figured it out. Yes. He, we can revisit that because since Joe figured it out so sure. simply. I'd be happy to share it with you again. <laughs> Next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. We'll get into it um, when we come back to work. It's Memorial Day weekend this weekend, and we we we, we threw on an extra day. We uh, wish you a most respectful Memorial Day weekend and urge you to remember what it's all about. Have fun, by all means, but remember those who have made the ultimate sacrifice. When we come back on uh, Tuesday, though, we should talk about this, how uh, work is the millennial religion of choice. And I'll just hit you with one stat that I thought was interesting. In 1980, it's just it's the idea that um, we're working more than ever. Even if we have more money, we we continue working more than ever. It's just like it's it's well, it's our religion. It's what we do. It's what we see as what you're supposed to do. In 1980, the highest earners worked the fewest hours. In 2005, the richest 10 percent worked the most hours on average. Wow! Flipped it on its head. That's that calls for more study. Discussion. That's amazing. But the idea that people used to work so that they could have more free time. The whole reason I'm trying to make a certain amount of money is so I can get to the point that I have more free time and work less. Right. And once I reach a certain point, I'm not going to work anymore. 
Yeah. Now it's just, you know, work is work is what I am. That's what I am, this job, doing this thing. Mm. So anyway, more on that maybe next week. So should I express very briefly my uh, my opinion of the w- transgender powerlifter gal? Or, uh, or, or, or should is, I read the text first? It's up to you. I well, haven't how about read the text. We, how about we reset the story? Okay, uh, the headline in the Washington Post is, Stripped of women's records, transgender powerlifter asks, where do we draw the line? This transgender gal entered a powerlifting uh, a competition and went nine for nine, not only winning the competition, but setting records, world records, age records, every event she set records and trumpeted it online. That's crazy. Well, you're a dude. You don't get to brag about it online if you're a dude and you beat all the girls. <laughs> well, and and the transgender powerlifter asks, where do we draw the line? I say, if you're a dude then you don't get to compete or have ever been a dude. If you have an XY chromosome, you can't compete against women in combat sports or power sports. And, you know, the, the more, you know, the speed sports, uh, I'm saying not that either. Well, we were, and we were saying, I'm, I'm, we we're guessing that the average trans person doesn't like this sort of story. They don't, they, 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 this is not what I'm wanting. Right, there's fear of a backlash for one thing. We got this text. I'm a male to female trans that is fully transitioned and totally agree with you. It is offensively disrespectful to women. Strength skills, especially, give advantage to men overwhelmingly. I do believe there are many competitive sports activities that continue to be segregated by gender, segregated by gender that could easily be sexually integrated, I think. Bowling? Um, Olympic, uh, what is it, the, the bow and arrow or skeet? Uh, archery. Sh- ar- archery, archery yeah. and shooting yeah. and stuff like that. Why I wonder. Is, yeah. Why is there a male and female for that? I don't know. I don't know. I know women can't compete with... The best women golfers can't compete with the best men golfers. But that's still a physical thing. Yeah, that's power. Yeah, you're right. You don't need a super strong trigger finger to shoot a rifle. Um, well, yeah, I appreciate that. And listen, I have a very strong, blunt, simple, easy-to-understand opinion on this topic. But it's not offered with out of you know, hatred or anger or prejudice or anything like that. It's just obvious. You you folks who, who think there's a more subtle solution, you're wrong. You will create way more problems than you're solving. It's as simple as this. If you got an XY, you got to pr- uh, compete against XYs. And it's a damn shame people who will be disappointed by that. But we cannot twist what is clearly true and logical just for those people, I'm sorry they're disappointed, but we're all disappointed by life. We meet at the bar. I, I wouldn't think you'd take any joy in it. It'd be like if I showed up to my uh, my kid's class and they're they're doing weightlifting, and I, I break all the records. I break all of the first grade records for weightlifting. Right, go on Instagram. All, all nine divisions. I, won, I, beat, I just shattered all the records against all the other first graders. And then I brag about, why would I feel good about that? What a day, nine for nine. <laughs> Why would I feel good about that? Why does why does he or she feel uh, she, good about this? Mary Gregory is is this gal's name. I think there are problems. And she says people act like I just put on a dress and showed up. Nothing could be further from the truth. I've worked like hell to get here. It was roughly her quote. Nobody debates that. You're very very strong. You're an accomplished powerlifter. I would think the fact that you broke nine world records. It's amazing. Would show that how much work you've put in. <laughs> uh, listen, but it's also it's not about chasing the the feelings of accomplishment, right? Because uh, 
afterwards, and I'm only going by the reporting of the story, but very quickly went to social media to share the ribbons and the awards and the accolades, right? right. Like if, if what you are looking for are, are totems of accomplishment as opposed to the actual feeling of it, then yeah, I can see how it would be, it, mentally you can justify it in your head. Mm. But uh, it's crazy. Oh, sure. Yeah. But but cra- people do crazy stuff all the time. There's lots of... Well, indeed, it's funny. I was just about to say that. There are lots of brands of crazy. And this gal has this one. But the idea that we should twist women's sports to accommodate that brand of crazy... And, and I'm not, not talking about being transgender. I'm talking about... You know, being a big dude, a big dude, big, strong dude, transitioning, then whooping every woman who tries to come up against him and even, crowing about it. That's the yeah, crazy even part. Even without but, that, it seems weird. I've never been good at anything, but say I was good at something. Um, and I played basketball with some guys, and I just I could beat them all so badly. I mean, I'm just in a different class. I would think I need to play against better competition. Right. What, just, what am I doing here? Right. And then going, ah, beat all the guys again today. I mean, what 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 would that be? What, what am I trying to do with my life? Right. It well, seems it's strange. It's pathetic. It's, it's people would pity you for your, you know, strangeness. If you're Tiger Woods, or I, he's the only golfer I can name, but another great golfer now, and you just enter lots of local competitions and beat right. everybody by thirty strokes, right? And, and yeah, I did it again over here at the county municipal golf course. I I toasted him, county muni champion. <laughs> yeah, just crushed it. Yeah. What's See, that, that, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> that just seems strange. So anyway, I think the the real Looney Tunes out there extremist wing of the uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, whatever collection of letters you prefer to string together, um, they're clearly everybody understands they overreach. Don't listen to them; they're, they're nuts. Be respectful. Don't be unkind to anybody for any reason. But dudes don't get to win powerlifting competitions. Marshall, we really want to mate with you. <laughs> Final thoughts next. <laughs> Here's Joe Getty. So it's a sexual thing. Interesting. Wow. wow. This Didn't is getting real it. creepy. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Hey, it's Positive Sean. What's your final thought, my lad? Yeah, with my uh, unparalleled team of generic, boring candidates, Michael Bennett, John Hickenlooper, and Tim Ryan, I don't see how I lose this uh, campaign Democratic death pool we got going. My guys are going to be out and sleeping by the end of next week. <laughs> Good picks. Not great. Marshall Phillips, your final thought. I would have to argue with Positive Sean. I truly believe my all-night cramming for today's Armstrong and Getty Democratic political death poll really will pay off for me, particularly Mike Gravel, 89-year-old former <laughs> senator from Alaska. Wow. 89. Wow. So old. Calls Nancy Pelosi the kid. Yeah. Michelangelo, your final thought. Uh, yeah, Memorial Day barbecue. If your neighbor's a drunk, let him eat. If your neighbor's a thief, let him eat. But if your neighbor wants to meet well done, call the cops and get him off your property. <laughs> I agree. Oh, Jack, do you have a final thought you'd like to share? Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know where we're going as a culture and as a nation when you have the Speaker of the House saying the President's family needs to intervene. <laughs> I mean, just where do we go from here? There's no, there's no eleven on this knob, is there? We're there. We're at the end. We're at the top. And it's hard to go from here to anywhere productive. It's going to be kind of yeah. interesting to see what happens. My final thought is: it isn't just military people who are called to serve their country. We all are. Perhaps you can serve your country by serving vets or the families of. 
the fallen or military families to give to your favorite charity. We have several we recommend. You've probably heard of them already. We will see you on Tuesday where Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can email us. Do you see something we ought to be talking about? We'll do it next week. Armstrongandgetty.com or mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com to email us. You think you'll go to the Elton John movie, Sean? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. We'll hear about that next week. See you then. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. Yeah, we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Get off the pot. Armstrong and Getty.